Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name's Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. Jeff sounds all Skypey tonight. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's all good, man. It's all We're good. coming at you over the Skype waves. Yeah. Instead of the regular airwaves. Indeed. Your schedule's been crazy, man. It has. I thought this month was going to be so free, and it was. I just ended up traveling the whole month, though, so. <laughs> You're uh, like, I don't have anything scheduled. I'm leaving town. <laughs> That's but, you. That's what you sound like. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. It's a. Uh, it's my girlfriend's living out of town, and I have a crippling gambling addiction. So <laughs> I've just been spending a lot of time That's elsewhere. That's my favorite part. That's my favorite thing that you've ever said. <laughs> my girlfriend's out of town, and I have a crippling gambling addiction. Well, Those are you know two, two separate reasons to leave town, not, not related. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Oh man. She's gone. That means I can leave. <laughs> oh. Go gamble away all of my money. <laughs> no one to spend this on. <laughs> uh. Except me. Me and the tables. <laughs> I did spend a lot of time at the tables. That's what I thought. It was great. Um <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Uh so anyway, let's uh, let's talk about some Marvel news, man. <laughs> You know, I thought that there would be so much more news since we were we were doing this later in the week than normal. Yeah. And there just hasn't been a lot. I mean, there's the big stuff like Mark Ruffalo confirming that Banner is going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. That's and that's uh, sort of big. Didn't he didn't he mention that they were going to be fighting probably? Yeah, um he said that he doesn't really know that much about it, but he thinks it's going to be a buddy picture with Thor and Bruce Banner. He says, I think they'll probably fight. There's no doubt everyone wants us to fight at one point. Sure. You got to have the superheroes test each other at least a little. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Either that or um, Hulk goes crazy right. because of Loki or something. I feel like Hulk, there's not been a movie with Hulk in it where the good guys didn't have to fight him. <laughs> Hulk, is always, yep. Hulk is always being fought by the good guys. So there you go. I mean, unless it's his own movie. Well, even then, like, the military isn't necessarily a bad guy. There was just, like, a bad le- bad leadership or whatever. They're antagonists for the movie, but they're not, like, bad guys. Yeah, not necessarily all of them, you know. Some of them are just trying to protect people. Yeah, right up until that Hydra reveal. That's, yeah, that's true. How did that, how did that affect Thunderbolt Ross's team? Yeah, who in there was, who in there was Hydra? We don't know. I think we, they were separate though, because he kept saying we were like they use Shield databases to track Mister Green and Mister Blue. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they were Shield. So I think Shield Hydra was deep in Shield, but we also know Hydra's deep in like Congress. So I'm assuming they're in other portions yeah. of the government, not just That's Shield. Um, so with the, with the whole uh, Gary Shandling reveal. Um, That's true. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's gonna be cool. And the good thing about them fighting is they're the only two superheroes who aren't going to be fighting other superheroes in Civil War. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so far at least at least they'll get to fight each other. <laughs> they have their own little death match thing happening. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> sorry, it just it makes me think like on Earth, Civil War is happening, like on Asgard or some other world or whatever, like. They just randomly mentioned, like, you know what? I think Captain America is my best friend. Oh, yeah? Well, bro, I think Tony Stark is my best friend. And then they just fight. Yeah, Hulk's like, I'm pro-registration. He's like, Re- <laughs> registration of what? We're on we're on whatever, bleep bloop four. There's no... Uh... I'm going to visit Ego the Living Planet. Yeah. Which we had what is, some what, why are you going off? Discussion about that tonight. Yeah. A little, a little later. A little later. Um, cool. Well, what else we got? Well, uh, this um, this year casting mm-hmm. thingy confirmation. It's not a rumor. Anyway, newcomer to Hollywood, um, Palm Clementiev has been cast in a quote unquote key role in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, all of the rumors going around because she's Asian, and it's in Guardians of the Galaxy Two, and they were specifically looking for an Asian actress. All of the rumors going around. Are that she's going to be Mantis? And do you know much about Mantis? In I the know comics? a little bit about Mantis. Who is Mantis? Mantis is you're going to love this. Um, she's half Vietnamese, half German, 
and she was raised in an area where there was a um, a temple nearby, and it was a, a temple of an old sect of Cree, where you know they were worshiping. God, I don't exactly remember, but it was a Cree temple basically, and she ended up being stranded there, left there, and the Cree took her and basically raised her to be a, um, what they called the Celestial Madonna. Hmm. And she was trained in martial arts and hand-to-hand combat, which Palm Clementiev in her last, uh, her last film did a whole lot of martial arts. So, I mean, it's not like indicative just from that. The, but like, the only thing that I, that I would say that flies in the face of her being Mantis is that, um, if that's the same origin they're going to use is that, uh, uh, James Gunn a few months ago said that uh, Star Lord will be the only human in this movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, so if if it's just but if it's he just didn't being say rumored, anything about no Inhumans. That's that's true. That's true. Is so she is an Inhuman. No, but okay. it's really easy to say that she is. Yeah, you could easily put that put that in there. Cool, cool. Um, but she's raised as a Cree. Right. Right. True. So she sort of human, and he's—I mean, to be honest, Star Lord's not human either. <laughs> yeah. So he's half human. Yeah. Maybe he said there's only going to be one human, and like, he <laughs> meant the half from yeah, <laughs> from the half side. each. Yeah. There's one total human. <laughs> uh, it adds up to one. <laughs> we we kind of mix and match. It's All right. whatever. All right. Don't what you got? Ne- what you got next? Uh, other stuff, we got um, we got some touching stories. Do you want a touching story next? Of course, I always want a touching story. Okay, well, no, like a, a emotionally touching. Not oh like... oh, sorry, I wanted dirty touching. Okay, well, Tom Holland shows off his new haircut and muscles. If you want, Ooh. That kind of touching. <laughs> that's that's very touching. <laughs> touching. He, he put up on Instagram a picture of his new haircut, which looks exactly like Ultimate Spider Man. Oddly enough, and also he's been working out a lot, you can tell. So obviously he's preparing for the Spidey physique. He's put on a lot of muscle. That's awesome. I saw a video of him uh, a couple of months ago just flipping off of a dock. Yeah. Like doing a backflip, like just showing off his Spidey <laughs> abilities. I don't know. It's his cool. agility. Yeah, his plus four to Tom Holland's agility. Right. <laughs> um yeah, yeah. Exactly so, that. That's cool. That's cool. I like and you know, the the whole MCU is pretty based in the ultimate universe, so uh it makes sense that they're going with that version. Uh but even in the look, even in the haircut it sounds like they're like, you know, going for that, which is yeah. cool. And you know, in uh in Ultimate Comics he stayed in high school for a good little bit. So, oh yeah, and they're planning for three, like three films with him in high school. I think they said at one point. That's that's awesome. Yeah, could be I'm cool. okay with that. Me I'm too. I like the juxtaposition. Okay with that. I'm excited about the juxtaposition of Tom Holland, a, a high school kid, being juxtaposed against all these big heroes. I mean, you and, and gods and Hulks. You know, just yeah, cool. just neat. And he's gonna be like, Aunt May is gonna kill me. What are we gonna do about this registration act? <laughs> like what? I'm, I'm gr- going to involve a kid like that, guys. I can't go fight crime. I'm grounded. <laughs> um, You're going to have to take on Ultron without me, guys. I'm grounded. <laughs> so, <laughs> Infinity War. <What>? Sorry. <laughs> um, I have. I don't know. If only we had Spider-Man here to take this Infinity Gauntlet off of Thanos. But I have to meet Mary Jane at the batting cages. <laughs> oh. He's got a test. <laughs> He's got finals this week. <laughs> oh. That could be so bad if they went down that road. Oh. <laughs> so cheesy. So cheesy. But I would love it. And, so cool. and, and Tony's like, and education is important, kids. <laughs> right. It's like, like turns to camera. <laughs> no, RDJ, like, Tony Stark would look and be like, man, he hasn't graduated yet. I graduated from MIT at 16 <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of RDJ and children. RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. has invited a child with cystic fibrosis to the Civil War premiere in L.A. as his plus one. That's awesome. 
this it's weird that they only give RDJ plus one. That's weird. It seems like he could bring as many as he wanted. You would think so. I'm going to bring in as part of my entourage. Yeah. Uh, no, I think this is awesome. And I love the the idea. I love how, how well RDJ treats kids and you people using their stardom to, you know, be real heroes to kids. Great. Um, I love the – I'm sure we've talked about it on the show before, but uh, there's a video that's on YouTube of him – Delivering, he goes in as oh, yeah the bionic arm. Yeah, yeah, he goes in as Tony Stark and delivers a Stark Industries case to a child, and it's a uh, it's a uh, it's an actual arm for the kid. Like, <laughs> like it's a bionic arm that the kid can control. Yeah, and it's ah oh, so good. It's um, such a great little video. Yeah, it's real sweet, real real sweet. And this story. Um, basically, this this child, Daniel, who is seven years old, uh, he wants nothing more than to meet his idol, Mr. Tony Stark, <laughs> a.k.a. Iron Man. He calls him when, when Tony Stark or I'm sorry, when RDJ is out of costume, like out of Iron Man costume, the kid calls him Mr. Stark. Like, <laughs> it's that real to him. Yeah. So. Whenever the kid's getting bullied at school, um, he tells the kids that he's got an extra special port in his chest, like Iron Man does for the arc reactor. Yeah. Because he's got all these tubes and whatnot. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, that's really awesome. The dad posted on Instagram, basically just saying this kid is having a rough time. Like one of the kids at school told him that all children with cystic fibrosis die. So the kid was getting like really down and in the dumps about it. So he's like, if RDJ could please just like say something to to lift his spirits, that would be great. And then RDJ Robert Downey Jr. posts a picture of himself in like a a Tigger onesie out in the middle of a of a field or something, like posing really goofy. And he's just like, this is for Daniel, who was having a rough day recently. No. When I'm in the dumps, I found this little get up to be helpful. <laughs> and then he says, P.S. Would you like to come to the L.A. premiere of Captain America Civil War as my guest? If so, have your people call my people. All the best. Aww. I really love it. I really love it. <laughs> and it's just that's it's so touching. And then, like, there was a there was a follow up, I guess, where Daniel, the kid, just literally lost it. <laughs> <laughs> you remember being that old when something amazing happened? Sure. How about having your ultimate idol invite you to LA to watch a movie with him? It's the awesome. kid, like they took a video of the kid. The kid lost it, rolling all over the couch, making all kinds of high pitched noises, <laughs> doing child things. You know. I'm gonna have to watch that video. Yeah, I left an article for uh, in our in our news. Area, yeah, I got it. I guess I should post that on yeah, our post Facebook. it on the Facebook so everybody can see it. Yeah, I'll do that right now, right this second. All right, well, what we got up next? Well, um, talking about Civil War, um, Disney is reported to release Civil War's first trailer, Captain America's Civil War's first trailer in December. That's now, awesome. if, that, if that doesn't coincide with the release of Star Wars, yeah. Then what does? Pretty likely. Same company. They're going to use it to promote, I'm sure. I mean, Star Wars has sold, has literally broken records for ticket sales already. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, we still have over a month before it comes out. Everybody's talking about how they've broken uh, all these records. I wonder how much they spent on that marketing campaign because I personally got like 15 alerts from different companies telling me, that the tickets were going on sale right now. Go get your tickets. Like every, <laughs> I felt like every app in my phone was like Star Wars the tickets. You know, like I was just like, okay, well, obviously you're going to break records if you spend them ten million dollars telling everyone personally fifteen times. <laughs> it's like playing a game on my phone and it alerts me, ding, your energy is refilled. By the way, buy your Star Wars tickets now. Um, <laughs> you're like, but. This isn't even relevant. <laughs> like, 
this is a Fallout Shelter game. Like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Why are you alerting me? Doesn't make any sense. So I guess a couple more things. Um, Ant-Man is getting close to 500 million worldwide. That's it's, pretty great. At this point, it's basically the little Marvel movie that could. Well, yeah. I mean, it just opened in China like two weeks ago. So it, yeah. it had a huge last, like kind of late bump. Uh, and yeah, apparently well, did really well over there. It got 43 million during its opening weekend in China. That's awesome. And then in its second weekend in China, it got 22 million. Nice. Which is pretty all right. Like, yeah, less than a 50% drop is pretty good. Yeah. And then um, its budget, like, if you look at it but based on like how much it's earned versus what its budget was, its budget was 130 million. And it earned 179 million domestically. Cool. It's crazy how much money versus their budget they're making off of this film. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is once you've got this universe going, everybody wants to see every part of it. Um Yes, and we do. That's uh, turns into, uh, you know, they can make a they can make a low lower budget thing. I mean, even like these uh, Netflix series, they make these lower budget sort of, uh, you know, television series or whatever, and we're gonna see them. You know, <laughs> like yeah, I want to know you what's see happening. The new motion poster? Uh, I have not for Jessica Jones. The new motion poster featuring Kilgrave. Ooh, I have not. And you know, speaking of the motion poster, um, when you watch it, you notice that he's. Not purple, but he's called the purple man, so to speak. Sure. Um, what it looks like they're doing is when he uses his power of persuasion, the world around him takes on like a purple hue. Sure. Which I guess is a lot more realistic. Than just having a purple dude. Than just having a purple dude. And not explaining it. Yeah. He's a... I mean, it's it's a better visual cue. Sure. Cool. Yeah, I uh, that that po- the motion poster looks awesome. I, I and Kilgrave, um, we don't know. I don't know anything about him much yet, except uh, what we've talked about in the past. But I really um, just the fact that David Tennant is playing him, uh, the tenth Doctor. For those of you who don't know, or who might be Doctor Who fans who don't know the name David Tennant, but I can't imagine that. Um, <laughs> yeah, D- David Tennant playing him. I mean, just that's just David Tennant's face. That's just my Doctor's face, you know. <laughs> so I am. I am down. Excited about, excited about Kilgrave. This gonna be awesome. Yeah, and oh my god! If you look around him in the motion poster, like if you pause it and look around him, there's like there's a scared child on the floor. There's a cop holding a gun up to something. There's like a weird collage of pictures of Jessica Jones. There's a random girl that I'm not sure who it is, but she looks. I don't know if she looks scared or not, but still, just, like, everything around him just looks crazy. Yeah. You can tell he's just a very, very sinister villain. Oh, villain. Yeah. He's going to be intense, and uh, and I know that David Tennant has the gravitas for that, so it's going to be awesome. All right, uh, and I think we had one last piece of news, which was uh, apparently Sam Raimi wants to return to the character of Peter Parker. Uh, Sam Raimi, as most of you probably know, is the directed the three Spider-Man movies. Uh, most uh, well, the th- the three um, previous Spider-Man movies, starring Dude Man, uh, Toby McGuire. Gosh, my brain would not come up with that name. Um, he uh, yeah, the two really good Spider-Man movies, and then the crap one. Yeah. Yeah, that's how uh, pretty pretty universally everyone feels. The third one kind of went off the rails. Um, it just it seemed like a, they they just tried to pack too much into one movie, and then they went some weird directions with it. Well, I mean, you had like you had the symbiote concept, which was a good concept by itself. Sure. You had the uh, Harry Osborn dealt like descent into madness and then redemption story, which would have been good by itself. Mm-hmm. You had the Sandman origin. You just don't have to throw it. I mean, that's the problem with the, <laughs> the amazing Spider-Man two as well. Uh, they just threw in too much, you know, uh, they, 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 they tried yeah. to have six villains and you just don't need that. You need to, you need to tell a compelling story that drives itself. Not just, okay. I feel like with, with that, with that Spider-Man movie, it may have been the first, 
uh, of the comic book movies to do this, which is I feel like the studio said we need these five villains. <laughs> we need to make, make these. <laughs> we need to make all the, put all these toys in the movie. Uh, <laughs> you figure out how how to make a plot work around them <laughs> instead of like having. Uh, and and I, I believe that's actually somewhat the case, at least with Venom. I think that uh, Raimi wanted to tell the rest of that story, uh, but apparently the studio pushed Venom on him, which just made them him have to do the whole symbiote storyline while he's trying to do, you know, these other. Maybe he should have given up on his other stories, and uh, yeah. but but it just uh, it just turned out to be kind of a mess. I don't. Really I don't. Is. I actually don't hate that movie as much as the people. Well, at least I don't hate the same scenes everyone else does. Um, it is. It does resonate less with me than the the first two Spider Man movies. And you know, like, it could have been so good if it had been like six hours long. <laughs> yeah, if it but had been like, three movies. Yeah, like, three separate movies. The, the, <laughs> the final fight in that movie with like Spider Man riding Harry's glider board or whatever it was. Yeah, and like them fighting. Venom and Sandman at the same time, like sure. that was an incredible fight. Yeah, yeah, that I was mean, one of the best and, fights I've ever and seen. The fight film. sequence in the beginning of the movie where it's just Harry and uh, Harry and Spidey, a goblin, fighting in like close quarters in like down like alleyways and stuff. That yeah. was awesome. It was really great. Could have been really good. And uh, everyone hates the scene where uh, the dance scene. The dance scene. But I don't. I just love Sam Raimi's sense of humor. I love Sam Raimi's sense of humor so much. Where we had Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I I just watched before this podcast uh, Ash versus Evil or versus Evil Dead, and it's awesome. It's Sam Raimi uh, directed the first episode, and it's so Sam Raimi. The whole thing. Uh, It's so good. So good. (laughs) Well, see, like if if the whole movie had been cheeseball like that, then. You know, it might have been funnier. It just seemed like they were putting together too many things. Sure. Styles. Well, and that's, but to be honest, that's what Sam Raimi's good at. And I don't mind, that's why I don't mind that scene. A lot of people think it like jolted, and I can see why it would kind of jolt you out of the movie. Uh, But it's kind of the, I don't know, that's sort of what Sam Raimi does. So, like, how long did Buffy. Uh, continue going around until it got a musical episode. Uh, season six, episode thirteen. Yeah. yeah, see, it takes a while. You have to give it more than three movies. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's not the way. I don't know. Sam Raimi, he's the you kind of guy. Wait before you get a musical number. <laughs> Sam Raimi's the kind of guy who. I don't know. He, he, I just watched Ash vs. Evil Dead, as I was saying, and in the first episode is one of the most horrifying scenes I've ever seen. Like, seriously, I was sitting here in the daylight watching this scene, freaking out. It was so scary. And then uh, one of the just silliest action sequences I've ever seen. Um, it's it's really good. <laughs> so he he likes to do that. He likes to kind of shock your system and bring you into comedy then back into whatever. And I just thought, I just always thought he was playing that scene for comedy and I thought it was pretty good, <laughs> but, but, uh, no one else felt that way. So I get it. Yeah. Marvel movies are serious business. <laughs> then and only then. Cool. Cool. <clears throat> well, let's move on to some feedback, some general feedback before we go into our spoiler section for this week, where we're going to be talking about, uh, I believe it's episode four. Is that, is that right? Episode five. Oh, episode five of season two of Agents of Shield. Um, pretty season three. What am I doing? It's season three, episode five. I didn't have it written down. I should have had it written down. Um, really fun episode. Down. Really f- uh, fun episode this week. Fun. Yeah, I just thought it was cool. It was. Uh, it was nice. I it to- was emotionally heart wrenching. It was, uh, but it was also. Uh, just them focusing on one story, and um, it was a just a nice, self-contained little story, and I, and I liked it a lot. Um, Would you call it an episode in a bottle? Uh, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe uh, an episode in a bottle being fired from a harpoon gun. <laughs> it did rocket forward quite quickly. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, let's get into this feedback, this general feedback we have here. We have a couple pieces. <clears throat> we got Mr. Nathaniel Muzzy on Facebook to us saying, I really hope that if Marvel gets the Fantastic Four back or at least shares the rights like with Spidey, that they use time travel slash the negative zone, maybe the quantum realm, to have the team start in the 60s and time shift to the present. One, I love the Fantastic Four as Marvel's first family. Two, I think they could do some neat things with a 60s period piece start and a cosmic end. Perhaps even an Odyssey slash Journey Home vibe would be cool. I think what the Fantastic Four movies have really missed so far is why Reed, a stuffy, mostly boring scientist, leads his family into becoming heroes. There's a comic where he explains to Franklin, his son, that his cockiness led to the accident that changed his friends into what the world would perceive as monsters, and that the only way the world would accept them was if he essentially marketed them as heroes, and the silly costumes and crazy names, like who calls themselves Mr. Fantastic, are just him trying to make amends for his greatest mistake. A movie that touched on that would have my support. I, I totally agree, Nathaniel. That's a beautiful way to describe the Fantastic Four story, and... Just that's the kind of stuff you need in these bigger movies. And just like we just talked about this with that third Spider-Man movie, how they just started from the toys they wanted to make and they built on. And that happens with a lot of the comic book movies. But Marvel so far has done a good job of not doing that. It's it, the, the story is a, is about the motivations of the characters, and that's uh, I think that's a great great way to look at Fantastic Four. It really is. What I think would be a really great addition to that, like, that already would be a really awesome movie, but that would also open up the possibility, if we wanted to look at it this way, of including Peggy Carter in the 60s. Sure. The only thing I don't, I guess we don't really have any information that, like, there weren't other heroes before Tony uh, in 2008, you know, like, we don't really have any heroes between 1940s and 2008, so... Uh, but we know Ant-Man was working in secret. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, Nick Fury said, you think you're the only superhero in the world? Sure. Um, so, I mean... And I guess there weren't... The only other one there was at that point were... Uh, the only other one that was around at that point was Hulk. And I don't know if you'd really call him a superhero. <laughs> uh, after yeah. At least not not after that first film, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think they could do a lot of a lot of work with um, not really the negative zone so much as just a multiverse theory. Because, hmm. I mean, there's the 616 universe, and then there's the ultimate universe, which is different. And then, the you know, the idea is that the MCU is different from all of those. But, like, if they had kind of a, a carryover from 616 to ultimate... You know, just like opened a portal, Fantastic Four came through. Oh, look, now we're here. Like that sort of thing coming into the, the MCU would be really neat and could work. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, there's definitely ways they could bring in multiverses and combine, even combine current continuities if they wanted to. But I don't know. I just want to see Marvel. I've just not been impressed enough with anyone else's continuities. Um, I just want to see them bring bring forth their own thing, you know? Yeah. Well, we don't even have to bring in um, Fox's continuity into this. Sure, like They sure, could literally sure. tell the exact same story in a different way, do it better, and then bring them into the MCU. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 I think there's, there is room for them to um, – I don't think we have anything that says definitively that they, they did not exist in the 60s in the Marvel Universe. So uh, yeah. I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, absolutely. So do we want to move on to the next one? Sure. We've got Mr. Uh, Omar Amalia saying that he's our, our Hebrew listener. I always have to go back to that. I'm like, we have a Hebrew listener. Eee, squee. <laughs> expert, <laughs> well, I want right, one yeah. of everything. Expert, expert on Hebrew affairs is what he is, yeah. Well, yeah, he was saying... Not just our Hebrew listeners. We might have lots of Hebrew listeners. We don't know. I I haven't had anybody else pipe up. <laughs> so I can only assume that he's the only one that we have. <laughs> uh, the absence of evidence is the absence... Or was the evidence's absence or something. I don't know. Anyway... 
He says, awesome cast as always, three exclamation marks. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's always funny to hear Americans struggle with my name, but you guys did hit it good. Here you go. And then he phonetically spells it out. And Artista is his pen name. He uses mainly for comics and art. When he gets his book translated, he's going to send us the PDF. We could just use Omer next time, which I did. And then he said, yeah. keep it up. And cool. Matt, you should read Next Wave regardless Thanks, for Fin Fang Foom. Okay, Next Wave. What is Next Wave? It's a comic book. Cool. I will try to check that out. And uh, let's see. Next. We got Svante Hoagley on... Facebook saying thanks for listening to my feedback concerning spoilers and spoiler sections. Smile emoticon. Are you guys going to binge watch Jessica Jones or watch it one episode at a time like you did with Daredevil? And what are you most hyped for, JJ or Agent Carter? Hmm. Uh, well, first off, I'm more hyped for J- Jessica Jones. Uh, I don't know about you. What about you? Um. Honestly, I'm. I'm more hyped for Jessica Jones than I was for... No, I'm not going to say than I was for Daredevil. I'm about as hyped for Jessica Jones as I was with Daredevil. Okay. I don't know. I think I'm more hyped simply because I saw the quality of Daredevil. And so I'm expecting to, I'm expecting them to live up to that quality now. <laughs> so that, that hypes me up. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, I just, but, I'm, I really, but I'm I'm definitely more excited than I am about Agent Carter, and I and I'm uh, you know I'll definitely enjoy Agent Carter. I always do, but uh, you know we haven't heard a lot about Agent Carter. No. Other than she's going to be in L.A., Madame Mask is going to be a um, a villain, and the Magia are going to be a thing. Yeah, like yeah. that's really all we've heard. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I just, I think Jessica Jones just looks awesome. And, and the, the, the quality of Daredevil was so high that I'm just expecting the Netflix series to be very good. Um, now as for his other, other question about how we're going to be covering it, uh, I believe we're planning to do the same thing we did for Daredevil, which is try to get one episode up per day for 13 days. Um, so every Every day we don't have a normally scheduled episode of, uh, you know, the Shield cast or whatnot. We're going to drop one episode of Dare of uh, Jessica Jones. Um, that mm, the schedule's pending, but we'll we we will definitely. I, I think we'll. I think we're, we're going to try. I think we're going to be able to make it this time. Yeah. Um, Last time I think we had to start a day or two late. No, I think we started the day of, but we like skipped a weekend. I think. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know. Um, um, well, 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 but to answer your question, yeah, well, I think we're going to do well, one episode. Unless you guys think we uh, have a different idea that you think we should try, uh, we're I, open to <laughs> options. I li- I like that way because I think thirteen episodes it, it ends up we end up covering the whole thing in about two weeks. Whereas, I mean, there's some of us who are going to binge watch the entire thing in a couple of days, uh, but I think two shit, weeks. There's is some a, people who are going to binge watch it all that day. Of. Sure, sure. Um, but I think that two weeks is a pretty good pace that we stay on course with most people and the people that want to speed past us, they can still enjoy the cast. Cause they've already, we won't be spoiling anything for them. They'll just be ahead of us. Yeah. So. And then they can, ha- they can have like that aha moment where we're talking about, I wonder what's going to happen when, and they're like, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I love doing that <laughs> for some people. Now, um, on that Friday, when it comes out on November 20th, I'm actually going to be in Nashville. Okay. That weekend. Um, we'll, we'll work it all out. We'll talk I'm about it. I'm still going to watch it. Sure, sure. And we might be able to Skype it in or something and do and the I'm first I'm probably going to Skype it in episode. on the first couple episodes. Yeah. Cool. We'll talk, we'll, we'll talk uh, real soon about it because it's coming up real soon. Yeah, it is. We'll talk off. 19 cast. days. Yeah. Pretty excited. All right. So excited. And the last piece of general feedback before we go into our spoiler section and talk about this week's episode, finally, because this episode was cool. Uh, Ryan Cron <laughs> Ryan says, MCU cast, yes, definitely do some short news podcast. It's great listening to you guys. Well, thank you, Ryan. Um, that's, uh, we'll, we'll take that under advisement when we've got some news to share and we work out the technical issues with that. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I mean, it seems like people want to want me to do extrasodes. Yeah, when I find the Im- yeah, the important news, so that's cool. Uh, and I'm down for it. 
Cool. We'll, we'll try to get the technical side of that worked out so you can easily do that. Cool. Well, uh, I think it's time to go into some uh, shield casting. Shield um, casting? Yeah. Shouldn't we do some mindless plugging first? Absolutely we should. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Uh, if you'd like to reach out to us or find out more about us, we're at mcucast.com. We're at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com on the emails, um, 573-CAST-MCU if you want to call and leave us a voicemail so we can play it on the show. You can uh, basically leave uh, leave rev- leave any kind of uh, content or speculation anywhere on any of those sites and we will uh, include it on the show and, t- and ha- be a part of the discussion because this really has uh, become a lot more and more a forum uh, where we discuss with you guys what we th- all think about what's coming and, and uh, what we think of you know what's going on currently. So it's this been a is lot your of show as much as it is ours. Absolutely, There's a lot of dialogue been happening, and we appreciate that, guys. Um, yeah. So uh, we're going to go. Oh, and if you're looking for a um, similar podcast in this vein, but for DC, check out the DC On Screen podcast. Our good friend Dave Robertson, who was on a few weeks ago, and his podcast partner Jason Goss uh, kind of do the same two man sort of thing, but they cover. All of the DC movies, they cover Arrow, Flash, uh, Gotham, Supergirl, uh, and everything else DC. It's pretty That's insane. They cover a lot of stuff. Too much, man. Yeah, they're putting out an episode like five days a week now. which is That's obscene. Yeah, it's pretty obscene. Ain't nobody um, got time for that. Well, I think they tend to keep the episode reviews pretty short because they're doing – they do like one news episode and they do four like – reviews of episodes and they try to keep them pretty tight um but it's still kind of cool every day you wake up with some dc dc uh content which i, I kinda, if you're into that sort of thing yeah if you're into that stupid dc shit <laughs> um but but i but I, I i've really enjoyed the cast those guys are doing a great job um all right well i think it's time that we go into our spoiler section for this week and talk, we about, talk about season three agent <laughs> Agent, season three, episode five of Agents of Shield. Four thousand seven hundred twenty-two hours. Yeah, that was uh, such a cool, such a cool name for the episode. Such a cool concept. I really dug it. But uh, let's go right into this uh, with our spoiler alert in three, two, one. Simmons got her own boo. That's right. She While did. we were talking about all these other boos, she went and got her own boo. <laughs> yeah, everybody's got a boo now. Except she could for, have had except a for Fitz, except for Fitz. Well, uh, I. W- what did you think of this episode, Jeff? You know, this episode. I thought it was going to be a little bit weird to kind of like go back like they did and like jump back, you know, six months. Yeah. But they put a good, like they put a good solid time frame on when it was because it said six months ago, and. You know, they they went through the struggles that she had instead of just being like, oh, yeah, there was this thing. It tried to kill me. It's whatever. And then, like, moving on. They told a good story. And since it yeah. was one story being told and they focused on the one story, they did a good job of telling the one story. Yeah, I really agree. And it was just a, such a cool bottle episode. I mean, just such a cool story to have uh, this, I don't know. Sweet scientist Gemma stuck on a pl- like an unforgiving planet. Um, I just really loved it. I really thought it was cool. Uh, I was really kind of enraptured the whole time, like really uh, just wrapped up in the story, you know? Yeah, I was a little worried that you know, we wouldn't be scared. Like I, I think I mentioned it on last week's episode where – I don't think that we're going to be worried so much about her because we know that she survives. It's not going to, there's not going to be any like consequences for her actions. Sure. But you don't but know. Then, any, then you meet Will and you don't know anything about yeah. what's going to happen to him. <laughs> they brought I mean, him in and I was like, Oh no, he's going to die. Most any episode of, of this show, you're, it's very unlikely you're going to lose one of your main characters, but there's always the threat of losing someone else you've met, you know, like a third, yeah. a third party character, uh, which I, I, I really liked Will. I liked Will a lot. 
he was a good uh good antithesis of her how he was so negative yeah but also like not scientific and big and strong Mm-hmm. And I, I found the exact opposite. I found the sort of love story between them very realistic. I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I don't know that uh, they would have been perfect for each other on this world, but like by the time that they really fall for each other and she goes for it, she believes herself to be completely stranded on that world. And uh, man, when he when he tells her, you know. Uh, that's what I used to believe, but then I found you. Like talking about how there's no hope, and he yeah. said that's how I used to believe, and that then I found you. It was, just, it, it was earned. It was such a cheesy moment, but it was really earned. Um, so so it made it not cheesy, you know. Uh, could could <laughs> it could have been a cheesy line, but could have been way worse. Yeah. Um. So I I, I really dug it. Really really dug it. And you know I like that they weren't just diving straight into the. Um, into the whole, like, oh, we're the only two people on this planet. Let's immediately get together. Yeah. She, she, had, to, <laughs> she had to lose all hope to fall for him, basically. <laughs> she like, well... That makes it sound so bad. Now that I truly believe you are the last possible man on Earth for me, uh, man on this planet that I'm ever going to be with, <laughs> I will Just now... Accept it. <laughs> I will now accept this relationship. Uh, yeah, that's a little, uh, little dark way to look at it. But I, I think, honestly, I think that's going to play in in the future. I think that uh, he's going to get back, and there's obviously going to be something between them because of their experience on the planet. But uh, once they have options and once they're not the only two people on a planet, are they going to stay together or are they even going to be together, you know? What if – I mean we're saying like when he gets back, like what if – there's an if here sure. where it's not actually him anymore. That's true. That's true. With that, with that last shot, I, I, I think it's him. I, after, at the after credit sequence, when he throws that gun away and the sunset goes down, it's so tragic. Yeah. Uh, why, why would that whatever being be disguising itself as him if no one else is on the planet? You know. Uh, maybe he thinks that she'll come back. Sure, sure, maybe. Uh, I, I just thought that. That moment of him with the gun, tossing it down after he's fired his only <laughs> escape route, as he called it. Um, he's fired his last bullet, and then the sun, <laughs> the sunset going down was so tragic. Oh, my gosh. The only sunset that's going to happen for, I don't know, however long. 18 years. Oh. That was that's awful. <laughs> he, so he was. Bad. They were so excited to see. He He was so excited to see the sun, you know. Uh, hadn't seen it probably, he hadn't seen it in the 18, cause he's only been there 14 years. So he'd never yep. seen the sun on that planet. And then what should have been this amazing special moment for him, uh, for the turned, two of them together. Well, yes, but, but particularly for him, cause he's been on this planet without sunshine for 14 years. Yeah. And so, you know, something he's never seen and he's so and turned into such an awful moment. Um, <sighs> yeah, so sad. real sad. And it just looks so defeated. Uh, it looks so defeated. And honestly, I thought I thought maybe that would be the moment he chose the escape route, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then he he's used up his one bullet. His last remaining shot. Pretty, 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 pretty tragic. I really, I really loved it. Oh, and also, let me just say, I totally called it. Yeah, you uh, did. Not to gloat, not to gloat, but I totally Hey, man, I gloat all the time this. about when I call it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I, was, I was pretty excited. As soon as that happened, as soon as, as, soon as I saw the shadowy figure uh, when she's in the cage and there's like a shadowy figure, I was like, oh, that's going to be a sexy man. <laughs> 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 oh, I recognize that shadowy figure as a sexy, sexy man. Uh, I know what that's going to be. <laughs> Oh man! So uh, let's get into let's, let's let's get into everybody's feedback about this episode and uh, kind of see what everybody was, everybody else is thinking. Brian Aguilar on Facebook says, "Just listen to your podcast on Agents of Shield season three. My speculation is that Maze Boo is the Inhuman that is necessary. With this being said, we didn't see anyone else leaving with Baby Von Strucker, so maybe Maze Boo killed the other Hydra agents, and Strucker was the only other one who escaped because he did look scared for his life. Just my own personal head cannon." Yeah, we talked about that a good bit last week, so that is very possible. That that follows our own thinking. Yeah, which it's weird. It's, with such a uh, 
such a, you know, leaving us in this position to wonder about that, uh, about Andrew's fate, and then um, not not coming back to it the next episode. That's a little frustrating. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Like, how are you going to do all of that and then give me an episode of, like, something on another planet? I don't care about that right now. <laughs> but then they made me care. But then they made me cry. And then they gave me will. <laughs> and it made me care. <laughs> when they gave him hope, they gave me caring. <laughs> this, I think we had one more that was pre, uh, pre the episode. Yeah, uh, Robert T. Frost on Facebook says, Monday Night Musings. I'm not very familiar with the comic backgrounds for some of these organizations and characters, but here it goes. We have an uneasy alliance between S.H.I.E.L.D. and the ATCU. Rosalind seems very intent on getting Daisy under her control. Uh, What if the ATCU is actually recruiting for secret warriors and S.H.I.E.L.D. is just trying to protect them? Rosalind's statement an episode or two ago about having strong, powered people already started me thinking. Thoughts? Hmm. I that seems like a little bit more like they've been working together longer than they have. I think it's pretty legitimate that they weren't working together up until two episodes ago. Yeah, they didn't all. know about each other. That, yeah, until, that's that's like, a, first episode. Yeah, and they've been talking about forming the secret. Well, yeah, the secret warriors. Um, you know, since last season. So, and they yeah. they just are now learning about these guys, but. You know, uh, it's definitely possible the ATCU is putting together its own is wanting to put it together its own team. It could be putting together Team Black. Don't know what that is. Uh, team Black is the bad group of secret warriors, the like the ex-cons, the ones that are just the absolute craziest who are the Suicide more Squad. Likely, yeah, yeah, they're more likely to kill. Cool. So they do the um, the really bad the missions, dirty jobs that no one else has to do. <laughs> Yeah, that. Yeah. That one. So anyway, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know that I like another organization putting together its own team. I feel like any of these organizations, unless they're going to be, you know, pro, well, you know, any of these organizations, I was about to say unless they're pro-registration, but the whole point of registration is they are building, they want to get these guys under their control. So I think that there is definitely um, going to be the case that we're going to have more and more of these. Uh, every organization wants to have the the knights, have its own set of knights on its team, you know? Yeah. So. ATCU could be the Robert Downey Jr. side. I'm sorry, the Tony Stark side. Yeah. Shield could be the cap side. Yeah, I think that's because where cap this has a is. shield. <laughs> uh, uh. I think that's definitely where this is heading. I think that our team is going to fall on cap side, and you know, if if they're even dealing with that at that point, but um, I think that's I think is where it's going. Yeah, probably yeah. in the future. Yeah, there's so much Inhumans going on that it's it's hard to think about civil war when all these Inhumans are popping up. Yeah, it really depends on how they treat Civil War. I mean, if the Inhumans are a part of it, if the Inhumans are even mentioned. If if they want the Inhumans to be the ones that are registered. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, they could absolutely go with all these people are showing up with powers. That could be the inciting incident at the beginning of the movie, you know? Yeah. Um, or one of the world the, is filling up with people who can't be matched. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a little throwback there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into feedback that's uh, that's... Um, not relevant? Yeah, relevant to this week's episode. Uh, Brian Bilsma on Facebook says, well, Matt totally called it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Gemma met someone. I was actually a little upset that this is what happened. It's, it just seems so cliche for her to find someone and then have to tell Fitz. But my mind was totally changed when Fitz didn't seem bothered by it and wants to help get Will back. I totally agree with him there. Um, I, that scene, I, I had the exact same feelings um, and I don't think that it's Fitz doesn't care. It's just that Fitz loves Gemma yeah, so he's much. Yeah, so selfless. Uh, that was the most loving. It was. It's not that he wants to be with. I mean, he wants to be with Gemma, but it's not that that's all he wants is for to be with her. But he loves her and wants what's best for her. And if this, uh, if this is who she loves, he's gonna he's gonna fight for to get him back. And that was such a great moment. Such a great moment. I just want to comment on that. I I really love that moment. <laughs> 
He also he continues saying, um, "This was such a weird episode considering we only see three characters, minus everyone in Gemma's video on her phone. I'm so used to seeing multiple story arcs over different characters, but this one was just focused. I kind of liked it. It was a nice change of pace. Not having to worry about what lash the ATCU and Ward was refreshing." Um, I have a weird feeling that when they get the portal back open, it is going to be posing as Will, and they're going to bring it with them to Earth instead of the real Will. That's my concern. I am definitely concerned that they're going to have they're, – they're definitely going to have to contend with whatever that is. Uh, it is. And we, we, we have some speculation about what it might be um, in some of these feedbacks. I don't know what it is. Um, I, I don't know anything from the comics that it's definitely like. Um, but the, I think we're going to find out. I really do. I think we're going to. I think they're going to have to contend with it for real. Like our entire team possibly going to that planet, or at least dealing with that planet. Hmm. It's hard to say what it is because I mean it's easy to say that it might be the embodiment of death that's what a lot yeah, of the people speculate Jake, Jake Stevens on Facebook said you guys you guys full on called it thank you um, Simmons <laughs> in love great episode tonight uh, and that has to be Thanos's beloved death on that planet yeah question mark um, I don't know I they, he called it death but I don't know that that means it's actually death, or that's just his interpretation of the fact that it's killed all his friends. I don't think we ha- I just don't think we have enough info yet to really call what it is, but if you guys are right, that would be that'd be pretty amazing if they uh if they introduced death so soon. Which uh Michael Jackson says something similar uh with he says, I am sure people are all over it, but that has to be death, a la Thanos, right? How cool that little Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. might be the jumping-off point for Thanos' Thanos's whole motivation. Yeah. He also says, I also read speculation and some backstory on a, the planet being Ego, the living planet. I had never heard of this, but it is interesting. Apparently has tied to the Nova Corps and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm, maybe. Yeah, I don't, again, I don't know anything about Ego, the living planet, so. It, I don't remember enough about it. Right now, what do we know, what do we know about this creature? All we really know is that it's some sort of shape-shifting or just straight up it's a hallucination of the person who's, who's you know, viewing it. Um, we just don't know enough about it to really call what it could be. So, I don't know. Uh, Nathaniel Muzzy says, uh, I'd like to propose Maximus the Mad as well. He's inhuman with short-range mind control. Yeah, but Maximus the Mad was always in... He was always in um, Atalan, or Attilan. He got exiled a couple of times, but I don't think that they would... Send him to another planet like that. They just... uh, of course, Attilan has been on different, you know, celestial bodies. So it, fair. C- it could be this uh, portal is the, the, the there could be an you know the no fly zone that he keeps talking about. Yeah, Attilan could be there. Mm, maybe. Um, and this and whoever this it is could be a you know if it is Maximus, for instance, it could be that Maximus is stopping people from going any further by causing. You know, these hallucinations and turning them back and even causing them to kill themselves uh, or kill others just to prevent people from finding the, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the human city. The sandstorm just kind of throws me for a loop, though. I mean, that could be all part of the hallucination, though. Yeah, fair. Uh, maybe it's Sandman. They, Stop it. They did get the Spider-Man rights back. Stop just, it. Just, just in time. Quit it. Just in time. <laughs> for them to have written this in. You gotta quit. You I, li- gotta- I like bad theories. Um, all right. 
Mark Amargo says, Tony should give Fitz a spot at Stark Tower because that iPhone battery mod was just short of a tiny arc reactor. Right. Yeah, I was pretty, um, I don't know. The, the phone distracted me. Especially, they don't even mention that it is, uh, it has been changed up by Fitz until like halfway through the episode. So for the first half of the episode, I was just like, how long is her phone battery going to last? Especially when she like turns on a picture of Fitz and just sleeps next to it. I was like, yeah, conserve but- battery woman. <laughs> like turning on the phone and leaving that picture up while you sleep next to it is going to kill it in like six hours. Yes. Um, like, uh, and obviously, what are you thinking? She does mention Fitz has made some modifications. So sure, I believe that Fitz has the ability to probably quadruple the battery life of this phone. Maybe even ten still, times huh? it. But still, yeah, it, it, it lasts for like a hundred days, and then it's used to power the computers. Like, <laughs> I, I, I too it much. Was, it was a little. Too it was much. a little too much. Um, and and speaking much. of Omer, uh, same guy who wrote it earlier said, I hated that phone. I, period, hated, period, that, period, phone, exclamation, exclamation point. mark. <laughs> <laughs> no matter how smart fit is, Fitz is, that supercharged phone was a poor, poor plot device. I also didn't like Simmons' acting and makeup. After 100 hours she didn't look tired or dehydrated no chapped lips no coarse voice my wife loved will and her interaction i liked it a little less only because of poor fits cheers right? uh poor yes fits. i agree omer um there those are those are some problems with this episode <laughs> yeah i i didn't mind her acting i believed her that she was I don't know when yeah, it said when it said a human dies. Downhill. Said a human dies after a hundred hours of being dehydrated with no water, and then it shows her at one hundred and one hours, and she's, I mean, she's obviously not in good shape, but she's not dead. I mean, and not like those those hours are hard and fast, but she should yeah. have she should have looked pretty dried out, and she just kind of looks yeah. like Gemma covered in sand. I mean, it looked like she had had some water, like, as the thing was taking her through the portal. That's the only way. Like, Yeah, like, she drank, like, six canteens full. <laughs> she was just, like, as she was studying it, was just kicking back with some water. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like I need to do this. It would, it would, and then she would, just kind of rode on that for a little bit. It would all be explained if in that scene where she gets taken into the monolith, she was, like, holding a bottle of water. That would, you know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean she does. She is in really bad shape, and oh gosh, when she does find that water and it's so gross, like you know, just dirt water, she starts lapping it up. I was like, oh, gross. Yeah, she didn't know anything about the water on that planet if it was like actually water or not. I just, whenever she just started putting her hands into it, I'm like, "Mm -mm, mm -mm, don't, mm -mm, mm -mm." and then don't do that. And then, sure enough, she encounters an alien. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, I loved her hunting, hunting the alien. That was pretty great. Using yeah. herself as bait. That was pretty great. And then she cooks it and eats it. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. And, I lo- and that was one that was one moment I really loved when she talked to Fitz, you know, on her phone. I wouldn't have minded her just talking. I, f- I feel like why did they have to give us the phone for her to talk to? Why, why couldn't she have just been talking to Fitz as if he was there, like pretending Fitz? Last season, yeah, I mean, last he did season, that to her. Exactly. Fitz actually hallucinated her for like half a season. Uh, this <laughs> season, she could have done the same on the planet uh, or just been talking out loud to an imaginary Fitz. Like, I would have been fine with that, that she didn't need the phone, you know? It would have been okay if, like, if she had been talking to the phone the whole time, and then, like, she shows the phone to Will, and he's just like, how long has the battery been dead on this? And she's like, what? No, it's not. <laughs> when she uses, also, she's about to use the battery to try to power these NASA computers and find out these coordinates for the portal opening. And... Right before she does that, she decides one last time to watch the video of her friends, which I understand 
emotionally what they were trying to say there is that she like was going like losing her friends for good. Yeah, possibly. she's like saying goodbye. But you're about to try to get home. Like, <laughs> don't watch a video. We don't all know that like battery. watching video on your phone is like the worst thing to drain your battery. And she watches a full video and then turns it off. And, and then, then she goes through powering the computers and she gets one location out of the portal. She's like, I have, I is like, I got one location. The you could have two if you hadn't watched the video. Exactly. Like, you might have had another chance. But, but alas. Uh, Mark Margo is very uh, active on Twitter, and he often posts uh, things for uh, to us on Twitter. Uh, and a lot of times we can't get to all of them, but I just wanted to – he had a couple really good ones this week, and I just wanted to uh, – to go ahead and use more than we probably normally do because we just try to spread the love out and you know po- read everybody's posts a little bit. Uh, but Mark says, um, you can say Gemma had her will to survive. but Sorry, that one's not really important. That was just a pretty funny joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like puns, and there it is. I like puns. There we go. Um, this, this one, I love this one, though. Uh, the wine glass scene... At the restaurant two episodes ago has so much more meaning now. Yes. Oh my oh, god. Man. Yes. I did not see that. I, I did not see that correlation, and that's beautiful, Mark. Um yeah. Uh that's when she first breaks down. And this is another really great one from Mark says, Aha, the shot across ca- the canyon brought the sand fits noticed on the other side. Which I thought was really cool. Yeah, because that was the that was the second to last time that it that it did that. Yep. And then that was where Fitz was like, "Oh my God, it's sand! This is a portal. Let's take it to England." Yeah. Very cool. Um, and then he says, "Let's nip this in the bud now and say the Stansford monster is not Loki. Could be another character with similar powers, but it's not Loki." Um. I don't. I don't know that he was thinking that, but yes, uh, I don't think. I don't think it's Loki either. It do, it does apparently have a shape shifting ability, though. It's also probably not Mystique. Yeah, <laughs> considering she's not allowed to be in this universe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so so there are probably lots of characters that it is not, but I I don't know who it could be. I don't, I don't feel like I have enough information yet. Um, but yeah, I, I love all the ideas. Yeah, like keep the ideas coming. I. I don't know who it is. I can't really say with certainty that I think that it's death. I can't really say with certainty who that I think it is. Like, it might be Hella. We don't know. But yeah. let's let's keep this hype train any, going on it. <laughs> I don't have any solid theories yet. But yeah. um, we love on this show to come up with great theories, though. So if anybody yeah, has has them and has good, like, supporting, you know, elements to those theories, let us know. I got it. I got what, it. What I you know got? what it is. What you got? At the same time that Andrew was being attacked in the market, <clears throat> the, hold on, I got this. All right, all right, we're, the we're, we're with you was so happening. Far. Okay, and, right. Yeah. So he's a teleporter, but he when he teleports out of a bad situation, he becomes an evil embodiment on another planet and has to right. kill. Right. So or maybe that's... maybe the planet is Andrew. <laughs> and he is Ego the Living Planet. He is Ego the Living Planet. And like he's this is just like his earthly form and it reflects his personality over on the other side. <laughs> or what he's going through. So when he's under attack or dealing with a tense situation, <laughs> uh you know, in a in a in a That's in why a the planet is moving college classroom. Uh, well, I mean, most planets move, Jeff. No, 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 no. That's why the planet is moody. Moody. Oh, I'm sorry. Because Will said it has moods. That's true. It's true. Because <laughs> Andrew is the planet. Ah, I love this theory. Um, this is my favorite one. <laughs> uh, okay. Shmahu on Twitter says, This epic epi should be an oppy for Lizzie to get an Emmy. I see what was done there. I do too, except I don't know what the word oppie was supposed to mean. Opportunity? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. This epic epi should be an oppie for Lizzie to get an Emmy. Nice. 
Shmahu. Um, <laughs> the uh, I I liked her acting in this a lot. I don't think someone else mentioned really not liking her acting. I like the acting a lot. I agree that some of the effects slash makeup probably weren't so good, but I liked the uh, I liked the acting. Yeah, the uh, the makeup could have been a little bit better, but you know that costs money. Sure, sure. And this or is a they can just series. not give her water for a hundred hours. That's free. Yeah, <laughs> that's also um, possibly cruel. It's free though. She's got. She's got to get into character. She has to know. Yeah, man. I know what it feels like. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, I think that's all the feedback. Um, Do you have anything else you want to talk about about this episode, Jeff? I mean, not really. I mean, I like the 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 yeah the juxtaposition is the word that I'm looking for. I like the juxtaposition between these two very different people having to work together and then becoming a thing. I like Will so much, and you know, I <laughs> I don't want to because it's gonna hurt Fitz. But I don't know. I like I like Will so much, and oh, it's just so tragic that she's falling in love while Fitz is working tirelessly to get back get her back to him you know yep Ugh. and then like at the beginning she said he has to find a way we're going for dinner i know Ugh. so hurts it hurts i have all the feels well man i uh i think that's pretty much gonna wrap us up for this week uh, it was great talking to everybody tonight. We're looking forward to being back with you next week. We'll be back this uh, on Wednesday, our normally scheduled time um, this week. So I won't be taking off to any far-flung gambling trips this time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be recording like normal. Yeah. Not this whole Skype crap. Yeah. Get to be in the room with you and see your lovely face. Aw. <laughs> Maybe I should shave. No, man. Like it rugged. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> it is no shave November. Hey, that's true. That's true. It just started. Uh, but we hours, me hour, mere hours ago. Uh, all right, everybody. Well, thank you so much for hanging out with us here at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Uh, check us out at mcucast.com or any of your social networking platforms. Uh, we'll, uh, we're not on Tinder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're not. <laughs> Hey, I'm married. Wait, you're, what? You're married. I, See, that could go either way. I'm not married. I could be on Tinder. Don't t- I won't tell Alyssa, okay? <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Uh, don't tell Alyssa. Have a good week. <laughs> 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 <laughs>